your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. You can call this our last dance. What's up, guys? This is EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WFN original. Big episode today. We had a massive trade in the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo gets his superstar now. Damian Lillard joining the, the Milwaukee Bucks via a major trade. We'll give you guys the latest on that and how it may impact the Knicks. Also, a key Knicks front office member gets a big promotion. We'll ask, I'll ask Tommy Beer what that means in the short term. And speaking of the great Tommy Beer, this is his final episode here as the co-host of Orange and Blue Blood. So excited to get his thoughts, share some laughs, share some memories from the past year of him doing the podcast with me. So that should be a great uh, moment as well. So we got all that and more coming to you right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So as I said, it's EJ Stewart here, Tommy Beer, last orange and blue blood with us together as the tandem. Tommy, how you feeling, man? Just the last episode is co-host, EJ. You know I'll be there back uh, here and there. Uh, I'll be on the block and, and checking in on, on you guys and hopping in here and there. So um yeah crazy another rainy day here in new york sad gloomy day um but my lions went to lambo and turned uh, lambo field blue honolulu blue last night so that's the good news um and we got a blockbuster to discuss as well which i'm gonna miss these these opportunities to talk about these big trades going forward i know so will i you guess yes tommy he, he steps away from the podcast but now he has a winning football team now so he so he lost something but he gained something uh with the end of this show uh with tommy and me as the co-host of the detroit lions his beloved lions really uh putting a thumping on the packers at lambo last night so uh let's talk Knicks again this is orange and blue blood new york Knicks podcast odyssey wfn original a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts including the free odyssey app Featured at the auto download feature on your streaming server. Get these episodes every time we drop. Also, sure, be sure to check us out on YouTube on the WFAN channel. So, 
Let's go maybe a little outside the preview of New York City real quick in the Knicks. You got the Damon Lillard sweepstakes, which is now officially over. We finally now may have a prohibitive favorite also in the Eastern Conference. So the Milwaukee Bucks land the seven-time All-Star in a three-team blockbuster deal. The Blazers receiving Drew Holiday, Dre, Dre, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara. The Bucks 2029 first-round pick, two first-round pick swaths from the Bucks for 2028 and 2030. The Suns, who were the third team in that deal, they get Joseph Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So the move ends what has been reported as a very nasty divorce between the Blazers and the, and the and, uh, Damian Lillard. The two sides went months without speaking, uh, while Dame's agent Aaron Goodwin tried to land his client with the Miami Heat. But according to Bleacher Report's Chris Haynes, the Heat and Blazers hadn't spoken since July. And Miami believes Portland let business get personal when it came to trying to make a deal for Damian Lillard. Now, Portland turns the page on what to do with Drew Holiday, a 33-year-old point guard who is sure to garner interest from contenders and teams with playoff aspirations. The Blazers are reportedly engaging with teams to redirect uh, Holiday elsewhere as it tries to launch its rebuild centered around their first-round draft pick from this year, Scoot Henderson. So Holiday being on the block has led some to wonder if the Knicks could be a landing spot for the five-time All-NBA defender. So I asked Tommy, should the Knicks go after Drew Holiday? Man, EJ, I keep going back and forth on this one. Basically, since the, the trade went down, um, mm-hmm. I think you could definitely make good arguments for, for both sides. You know, I, I've always loved Drew Holiday as a player. Um, you know, just somebody that is is a quality point guard that can take control of the basketball. Um, really improved his three-point stroke the last few years, shooting over 40% um, d- during his last three years in Milwaukee. Obviously, his championship pedigree. Um, great dude, like phenomenal human being. Donated his $5 million salary when they were in the bubble. Um, yep. Him and his wife have a ton of you know uh, phil- phil- philanthropic uh, ventures that they're involved in. Um, so he's like one of those NBA man of the year type dudes that you love having in the locker room, um, in addition to his you know tremendous skill set. Um, that impacts rare, the rare NBA player, rare point guard, especially, or two guard can play off the ball. It's the other yeah. thing you love about him. He can play, uh, you know, can handle the ball, can play two guard. Um, that impacts the uh, the game on both ends. That being said, going to be 33, um, was remarkably inefficient offensively in the playoffs last season. Is has one year left on his contract? Uh, is he going to retire? He's talked about retiring, and this isn't one of those guys that you know would have had you know that that it wouldn't be shocking, I should say, if he decided to step away and dedicate yeah. his life to you know something that's more important than basketball. Like some guys talk about retiring, you know, maybe to, to you know up their value and you know push their you know their current organization to a corner and you know maybe raise their price tag a little bit. When Holiday was talking about it, you, you get the sense that he's not bluffing. You know, um, yeah. that being said, that was a year ago. Um, you know, uh, you know, maybe he's. You know, it, it, it's also a possibility that he's just been kind of jaded by this experience. You know, we, you know, we know it's been. You know, on Monday it was. He said, "I want to retire a buck," and, and 24 hours later, he's headed to Portland. Um, yeah. Then you talk about what are you going to have to give up to get him? Multiple first round draft picks, um, IQ or Grimes or RJ. 
Um, you know, Randall's another guy that contractually would work, um, but you know, you, you know, you don't see them moving him unless maybe Jeremy Grant got involved with the deal, um, which is unlikely. So it, there's kind of all these moving parts. Um, just on the surface, uh, Drew, Drew Holiday's available. Yes, I want the you know, I want <laughs> the Knicks should go for him because you can't have enough good players. I think Drew Holiday's a winning player. Um, it may cause a little bit of a crunch in the backcourt depending on what you have to give up. Um, it's obviously all depending on price. Um, so I'm definitely open to the idea. I'm still going to have to work through it. Um, you know, if, if it's at the right price and you only have to send out one of your, you know, young, good young players, um, I think I'd probably lean towards RJ. I know the common, the common thinking here is that, um, you know, you move Grimes or IQ, um, and then you get the backcourt of, uh, you know, and then you have RJ at three. I think you could successfully slide Grimes to the, to, to the small forward and just kind of work a, a three-man slash wing hybrid backcourt with Brunson and yeah. Holiday um, and Grimes. So, again, all this is, is hypotheticals. We'll see what kind of Portland demands. Uh, but make no mistake, there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in this dude. Um, so you're going to have to pony up. Um, EJ, what do you think? Is, uh, is Holiday worth going at? I'm not going after Drew Holiday if I'm the Knicks. And look, Drew Holiday, as you said, all around A class kind of character dude, um, an absolute pit bull defensively. Many reasons why I wouldn't understand any team, especially a team that's trying to win, would want Drew Holiday. Yeah. I just think this is one of those deals when we think of what the Knicks can offer and what they would have to offer and what Drew Holiday brings to the table and whether or not he puts them over the top. I just don't think that it's a fit. So if you're looking at a trade, you're either talking about, again, Randall, who there's no way the Knicks trading Randall for Drew Holiday for a multitude of reasons, or you're talking about R.J. Barrett. There's essentially no other – there is no other combination of salaries. You can't trade Drew uh, Josh Hart. You can't trade um, – you can't trade, uh, uh, obviously, DiVincenzo. Um, I don't – I think Fournier quickly don't even equate to the money it would take to match a Holiday salary. So you're talking about – Trading RJ and then trading some draft fill or whatever for Drew Holiday. And with that, I think you think that makes your team exponentially better to go up against the Milwaukee's, go up against the Boston's uh, to win a championship in that regard. And you're taking probably one of your more prized pieces in what would be a superstar trade in RJ Barrett and taking them off the board and bringing in Drew Holiday, a guy on a one year deal who's 33 years old. I just think if you're looking at the big picture and what the Knicks are trying to build, which is to add, to create a strong nucleus that could then allow them to. Uh, poach a superstar by giving up just a few pieces from this nucleus. I don't think it makes sense from that regard. If you're telling me Drew Holiday's going to come with another star in a ma massive trade, that's something totally different. But I, I don't think it makes sense if I'm saying, okay, I I'm trading R.J. Barrett and X number of first-round picks or Barrett and Grimes, something like that, and I'm trying to swing a trade for Holiday. I just I just don't see how that makes sense uh, from that regard. I think you, the, the Knicks are already a small team that makes them even smaller. And I think the pairing of Brunson and him isn't the worst in the world because Holiday is such a great defender. He can guard pretty much any two guard. But I, that would – I just don't – I get it because it's hard to be a basketball fan and not love the way Drew Holiday plays. But I just don't – I don't see it with the Knicks with where they are right now. And I think it is underrated how poorly he shoots in the playoffs. I mean, he shot 40% last year in that series against Miami. He shot 36 in the conference semifinal loss to Boston the year before. Even in the finals, when they won, shot 36% in that series. He shot 36% against Brooklyn uh, in the second round of that series when you know Kyrie went out and Harden was limping around on, on a bad hamstring. He has not really been a great playoff performer offensively. And, we, of course, the playoffs is where you're going to make your money. And this is going to need someone to help 
um, Jalen Brunson come playoff time because we saw Randall isn't all that reliable either. The, the, those numbers are concerning, the postseason performances. Yep. And and before they the Knicks even consider making their offer, their final offer, a first offer, they need to sit down with, with Holiday or and or his agent or some, you know, ideally Holiday himself and, and say, what are your plans? Like, what do you, is this yeah. one year? Um, are you, are you looking to resign, just play this year and then one more year? Um, do you want to sign a long-term contract? If we, if we traded for you, is New York a place you see yourself, you know, obviously anything can change when you get here and you fit and et cetera. But um, obviously, you know, you're familiar with Tibbs. You'd think that'd be a match in terms of personality and, and play style wise. Um, but again, it's, you can't, it's very difficult to trade valuable assets. And, you know, obviously we know the Knicks are, you know, accumulating these assets for a superstar trade. Yeah. This holiday is not a guy that puts you over the top. He's not the final piece. Um, so, you you know, so, so that's what you got to be weary of. Of course, the argument could be made that holiday gets you closer to getting the final piece. In other words, Possibly. In, six, in six months when Embiid, you know, demands a trade, um, it's you would think having the, the the appeal of playing alongside Holiday um, would would increase his his desire to arrive in New York. But as we know, um, and uh, as the Dame trade perfectly yeah. illustrates, just because a guy says I I only have one team, this is where I want to go, it doesn't mean that that that's going to work out. Um, we've seen it kind of shift the other way now. You know, it, uh, uh, I think the NBA, you know, it's seen enough of the player empowerment stuff, and this is kind of a, a shift in that direction. Um, and we'll get into why I don't think personally that, that the Blazers behaved poorly or do reprehensibly yeah. or however the media, Miami media wants to classify it. Um, but, yeah, so, it, again, I, I, I gone to my head, I'd probably lean no. Um, but mm -hmm. again, it's a lot depending on price and just as importantly, depending on, you know, holidays kind of, we haven't heard from him since the trade went down. Yeah. Um, again, this is a, a guy that has aspirations that are larger than, than basketball, you know, he type of dude you could see running for, you know, office one day, like yeah, that, definitely that type of person. So, um, those are the things I would need to know before I even felt comfortable offering RJ plus picks because that's probably what's what it's going to take. Um, again, you're not getting them for Fournier, you know, expiring contract and and, a, and <laughs> right. a protected. No, it's not a it's not a Josh Hart situation. Drew Holiday will have multiple suitors for all the elite teams, the Miami, the Celtics, the, et cetera. And that's another reason why I would be why I would prefer to. I'd be very interested in in least listening, obviously listening to offers, and and the Knicks are going to do their due diligence because if he doesn't go to you, it's probably going to go to one of your competitors. Yes, um, you know, so we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, if I'm the Knicks, I'd be rooting very hard for the Clippers to land Drew yes. Holiday yes. as among the yes. teams that are being discussed. I think that that's what you want. Send him out west so he's not a factor. I hate me, he's killed the Knicks by the way in regular yep. season games. It seems like every time the Bucks played the Knicks, I don't know if he had some kind of issue with New York. He don't like Tibbs. He don't like. Brunson or I don't know what it is, but this guy hits crazy shots every time he comes to Madison Square Garden. So um, you don't want to see this guy in a future postseason series. You don't want to deal with him during a regular season. So if you're a Knicks uh, brass member and you're talking about, okay, if we're not getting Drew. Let's hope that he gets sent somewhere else. And I think LA, uh, the Clippers, that being probably the main Western Conference team that you would look at as a team yeah. that may want him. On the Dame front, first on – the Giannis side of this, because we've been doing podcasts, we've done several about this conversation of Giannis to the Knicks. Does this kind of get deaded, you think, with Dame going to Milwaukee? Yeah, so that's kind of the first, you know, I people text me right away. Um, oh, man, this means Dame's, you know, that the Giannis to New York dream is dead. 
Um, and that seemed to kind of be the consensus on Nick's Twitter, um, yeah. you know, in the first few minutes, hours, day, you know, et cetera. It was kind of the first initial reaction, like, wow, blockbuster trade. Oh, he's going to Milwaukee. That means that, that, that Giannis. Let me just say this. I, I think the chances of Giannis coming to New York have decreased. Um, mm -hmm. They're lower today than they were Monday or over the weekend. Um, I, I won't disagree with that. I just I, I would pump the brakes with the OK, this definitely means Giannis is going to sign a, a max extension like this is a no brainer. Now, let me just uh, as, as a point of reference next summer. So Giannis has said he won't sign a contract this summer. Does that change? Um, now that Dame is on board, maybe he, you know, as a reward to the Bucks management for kind of doing what they asked and kind of go pushing all their chips in the middle of the yeah. table. Does he sign an extension? I don't think so. Um, let's assume he doesn't. It's probably safe to assume he's not going to sign it during the season. Con you know, it's rare that contracting negotiations and all that's they're going to be focused on winning a championship, et cetera. Next summer is kind of what we always assumed would be prior to this Dame trade. And I still think it's probably the case kind of the summer where it's make or break, um, where Giannis is going to have to make a big decision. And consequently, the Bucks are going to have to make a big decision because after this summer, he'll have one year left on his contract and then have that player option. So technically two years, but from a Bucks perspective, they will have him under contract for one more year. They're obviously going to be lines of communication open between Giannis and, and Milwaukee management. Yeah. And at, at, if Giannis is uncomfortable signing, an first of all, if things go sideways, um, does Dane get hurt? Does Middleton, who's who's had issues, can he stay healthy? Brooke Lopez is getting up there in years, still a great player. They don't have a lot of depth. They sacrifice some depth, um, you know, outside of their main four. And Bobby Porter's, they're going to rely heavily on guys like Pat Connaughton. Um, does Malik Beasley resurrect his career in Milwaukee? Yeah. All that can happen. Milwaukee's going to be my pick to win the NBA championship this year. Um, so it certainly is, you know, would be uh, surprising if things really went off the tracks. If they lost in the first round. If they lost in the second round, you have to yeah. assume that anything less than at least an Eastern Conference Finals, if not an NBA Finals trip and not a championship, um, would qualify as a disappointing season. So in that scenario, um, and as we know, no matter how talented your roster are, luck plays a huge part in, in, in deciding championship. Next summer, Brooke Lopez will be 36. Dame Lillard will be 34. Chris Middleton will be 33. Giannis is going to be in his late 20s looking at the future of his career, you know, the, the right. remainder of his prime. Is he willing to sign up long term and commit him his prime himself to that that aging core? Yes, they'll be able to flip those guys. But they won't have any draft picks to trade, um, you know. And if they and if they're looking to trade those guys, that means those guys are not helping them win a championship, which means right, they're yeah, increased. Right, exactly. Um, so there's not a lot of avenues towards. Listen, they could have a bad year, and then they'd still be the favorites, probably heading into the following season to win a championship. So it's not like. Um, but then you'd start looking at a couple of years down the line. Um, Giannis could agree to a contract extension and then demand a trade at that point. Yeah. Um, but there's, but there's a lot, but I just say that to say this, there's no guarantees, um, that, that he's, uh, uh you know, going to, going to re-up long-term. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, the, I think that the chances decrease for sure, just because I, I think that this is a pairing that is extremely potent potentially. Uh, I don't know how you guard a Lillard Giannis pick and roll. I, I just, right. Just good luck. I mean, you yep. can't play drop because Dame can shoot from 40 feet. Um, you're going to try to take the ball at Dame. Saying, okay, you're going to allow Giannis to get the ball on a short roll on a 4-1-3. Good luck with that. Like, I don't know what you do to, to – you can't switch these guys because, you know, whoever's guarding Giannis can't guard Dame, vice versa. 
So, I mean, it's going to be extremely difficult to beat this team, of course, with a major caveat, if healthy. And then the, the if healthy caveat is important, I think, with Dame Lillard. This is a guy who has dealt with some injuries. I know it seemed like in the Chris Haynes report, he made it sound like whatever calf injury they shut him down for last year was not real. It was more about getting draft capital, which I think we all maybe could see through. But this is a guy that's missed a lot of time the last few years. So that that is a, a caveat. But given Giannis's thing about is about winning championships, I think this helps the Bucks' chances exponentially of getting a championship. So I therefore I think that yes, Nick's chances have decreased. But as you mentioned, the Bucks remain an old team. Like nothing has changed in terms of age when it comes to this trade. They're still an old team. They're going to be an old team this next year. And now, given that they've given up pretty much the rest of the basically access in their coffers with this trade, they're not going to, there, there's no out. Like, this is it. And, I, I mean, I would make the move, too. Like, I think this is a great move for the Bucs. Yes. But if this doesn't work, and Giannis looked at this and said, all right, well, we're going to run it back with these old guys and hope that they stay more healthy or, you know, it out after a year of, of getting to play with each other, he may say, you know what, I need to go to a team that has some younger talent that has a little bit more flexibility. And if that happens, the Knicks are going to be right there. So I'm not going to say that the Knicks are completely utterly out. But I know Giannis's number one thing is winning a championship. So because this helps them win a championship for sure, at least in my opinion, that's why I would say for the the Knicks side of it, probably decreases their chances of Giannis going to New York. When I saw this trade go down, the first thing I thought was, "Hey, big head to uh, Joel Embiid." You know, we've been talking all about <laughs> about Giannis, and I switched my attention right back to Embiid. And like, "Hey, big head, you still up?" That that's that was my that was my approach when I saw this deal go down. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's kind of the the attitude of, of most Knicks fans is, you know, they'll probably focus on Embiid. And then the question becomes, if Embiid or another superstar, you know, gets put on the block, does Leon Rose kind of keep his powder dry for the off chance that Giannis is, you know, wants to change things? We should, you know, fortunately, it's 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 next summer. We'll pro- I don't see Giannis, you know, uh, uh, staying for one more year and, you know, saying I'm not un- – I'm I- I don't. I shouldn't say that. I could see the Bucks willing to run it back, and Giannis puts it off for a year. Um, but I just think that's that's a real risky play from Milwaukee's perspective. Again, they have traded all their, their seven their seven, next seven future first round draft picks are either um, have traded been traded away outright or swaps. Um, you know they they would need to. You know, obviously, once Giannis leaves, then they can kind of rip the thing down and trade. Um, Middleton and Lopez and and, and reassess yeah. the market for Dame, et cetera. So they have ways to, you know, kickstart a rebuild. Um, but obviously that's their at least path of, you know, what, what they would prefer is keeping this core together um, and winning multiple championships. So you th- you'd think if they win a title next year or, you know, in a, in a tight, close, you know, uh, final series with the, with the, you know, the Nuggets or the Suns or somebody um, that Giannis would feel comfortable enough you know, even though it's not the probably the best long term um, to 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 stay put, so that's that again. That's the likely odds on, but um, a lot of things can happen. A lot of weird stuff can take place. So I just would would keep that in mind, Nick fans. And lastly, real quick, I know you said I don't, you don't have a problem how Portland handled it. I don't either. Um, I know in that report it said you know they only talked to Miami in July and that was it. Um, that there was no communication between Dame and his representation, Aaron Goodwin and the Blazers. And that when it became evident to Dame that he likely wasn't going to go to Miami, that he asked to come back to the Blazers and rescind his trade request. And Joe Cronin, the GM, said, it's too late for that. You know, the ship has sailed. Like, we're not doing that. I don't see anything wrong with what the Blazers did. I'm sorry. And I think this comes down to 
what I think people have seemed to forgot, which is these are contractual commitments that you make with these teams when you sign these long-term extensions. If they wanted the leverage to send him his way, send himself to Miami, he should have never signed an extension with the Portland Trailblazers, thinking that they were going to try to find a way to build a champion. When everybody with a brain knew that they were nowhere near championship contention. You can't then sign an extension for $200 plus million plus and then say, okay, I'm going to leave your team, but also send me to this place. That's just not how it works. People want to get upset about Joe Cronin being in his feelings. He's within his right to be within his feelings. He can do whatever he wants because at the end of the day, Dame Lillard made that commitment to the Portland Trailblazers. So I don't have any real sympathy for him. I also don't have sympathy for, uh, you know, the fact that you had an agent here in Aaron Goodwin who was basically trying to basically run in point for the Miami Heat. I've never seen a guy, I've never seen a player get traded and an agent come out with a statement. The first statement is, I want to thank the Miami Heat for all they've done. He didn't even thank the team that, that Dame Lillard was going to. He was thinking the team that Dame Lillard, I guess, wanted to go to or tried to go to. He's like, I, think, I want to thank Pat Riley and Mickey Harris. I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, that that seemed like a major disservice to Dame Lillard, given he's about to go to a new city and fans that want to be excited for him. But I just don't understand this idea that there's some I – mean, we all talk about this quote-unquote loyalty stuff. I mean – Dame Lillard requested a trade after signing for a max contract. At that point, he lost all control of the situation. He can't now cry now that he didn't have the control he wanted. I just, I'm stunned by, first of all, the the Chris Hayes article, which was, you know, as a mouthpiece for Dame and and Goodwin. Um, You know, that's one side of the story. That's sitting at the lunch table and, you know, the girl's best friend tells you how, why they broke up. I don't think that they even looked good in it. Like, that's the weird thing. And people were saying, oh, this really tell." I like the heat didn't call them since July. That looks kind of stupid. Um, okay. He confirms that the, that Goodwin was indeed trying to tell other teams not to trade for my yes. client or he won't play. Like he's confirmed. I, I think they look terrible in this. I, I was so confused why people were like, oh my God, the Blazers did Dame dirty. You know, right. like I just, I couldn't, I, I reread it. I was like, what am yeah, I doing here? You know, it's, it's one of those situations where. Dame and the Blazers have been in a, in a in a healthy marriage, a beneficial, you know, for for both parties. Both parties agree. And listen, that you know, uh, we talk a lot about the two hundred million dollar extension. That wasn't a, a, a charity gift to Dame. The Blazers did that because they thought it was best for their franchise. Right. I would disagree that it was best for the franchise, but yes, that's, I that's would. Them. Sure, some of it was part of loyalty to Dame and what he had done to the franchise, but also the guy averaged thirty two points a game. He's definitely <laughs> capable of helping yeah. you know the team going forward. Anyway. They the, the contract signed. Dame comes to them. It's it's like being in marriage, and 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 the husband says, "Listen, I'm gonna leave you, but just for one girl. It's just it's just one girl down in South Beach. She's really she's really attractive. You know, we've had a good run. No disrespect to you, love you all, um, but I'm 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 gonna head down here. And then that falls apart. He moves down to South Beach and finds out the girls. You know, it's just it's just not gonna work out. Comes back home and says. You know what? I, I, I'm going to stay with you. You know, don't 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 worry about that. I, I'm going to bless you with my presence. Um, I've decided that you know it's okay. Um, you know, don't worry about it. I'll I'll, I'll come back here and I'll agree, and I'll play for the 150 million dollars that I've signed a contract that I'm going to do. I'll honor that commitment. You know, so so don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 in the article it said. Uh, Goodwin and Dame were shocked that Cronin was he wasn't amenable to that. Like, dude, like, yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, and ultimately, Dame ended up. They didn't trade him to Russia. You know, they didn't. They didn't. Right. Trade him to, exactly. 
They traded him to the best situation of his entire career, playing yeah. alongside Giannis and Middleton and Lopez. The, the Bucks are the odds-on favorite. He's still going to get his money. Um, so for him and Goodwin to come out on the other side of this and try to make it seem like he's the victim, I was I was stunned by that by that approach. Absolutely stunned as well. Could not believe it. But we'll see how the season plays out now with the new pairing of Giannis and Dame and what that means for the Knicks, not just in the pecking order in the East, but also what it means for them in the future star hunt that they continue to be on. But um, let's shift gears. I want to quickly talk about this because uh, it was of a, a note to me this week. So um, you had uh, Gerson Rosas, the team, announcing that he is now the senior basketball uh, vice president of basketball operations. He was previously the senior basketball advisor. So this new role puts him uh, one step behind Leon Rose and Wool, uh, World Wide West, William Wesley, Leon, the president, uh, William Wesley, the senior vice president in the pecking order of decision-making for the Knicks. So Rose uh, Roses has been an integral part of the Knicks front office uh, since joining the team as an advisor in 2022, February of that year. He previously served as an executive in the Rockets front office, kind of cutting his teeth in the Daryl Morey uh, front office. He then was a briefly a general manager for the Dallas Mavericks before becoming president of the Minnesota Timberwolves. That ended very poorly. To note, there was a lot of controversy surrounding it. There was a consensual affair he had with a team employee. There was this very weird toxic relationship with his underling of uh, vice president where the, he blocked the guy from going to a Denver organization wasn't allowing him in certain meetings. It was very weird, but it did not end well uh, in Minnesota. He did draft Anthony Edwards, did trade for uh, D'Angelo Russell. So they kind of build the foundation of some of those uh, T-Wolves teams we then saw go on to uh, make the playoffs. So um, do you think this, what do you think this promotion means in the short term with Gerson Rose getting this role? Yeah, I thought it was expected. I think, you know, he's one of the names that we discussed when there was a, a you know, when it's a, Scott Perry moved on that uh, Rosas would likely be promoted. Obviously, familiarity with Leon Rose, um, been in and around the organization, has previous experience running a franchise. So, um, you know, for better or for worse, there are certain organizations that are kind of one-man shows where, you know, one guy kind of ultimately makes all the, you know, not all the decisions, but holds far more weight than others. It does seem like, again, we, we this is speculation because we get no insight into the, the no. because they don't speak to us, yada, yada, yada. Um but there does seem to be kind of a, you know, let's put our heads together and come to a collective consensus um, on this entire scenario. So I, you know, I don't think it's any major impact in terms of the, you know, for the Knicks or, you know, their, their modus operandi moving forward. Agreed. Yeah. I think that for them, I think, I think Rosas in many ways was kind of occupying this role unofficially in some yeah. ways. I think this is kind of just them giving him the title, maybe giving him the money that he would then probably deserve for the actions he was doing i mean he was told that he was said to be the point person in the donovan mitchell negotiations but i think for me at least and for some knicks fans was a little alarming it was just like right you have yeah at that time scott perry you have uh uh wall perrin you have uh of course leon you have william wesley and a basketball advisor is doing trade negotiations with the utah jazz it seemed a little odd but the Knicks kind of do things outside the box in terms of, as you said, their collaborative process. So um, they don't have a general manager right now. Perry left. So to me, this is probably Rose is essentially taking that role, um, but maybe even added because, you know, again, Perry had kind of been kind of not sidelined, but it wasn't as, as influential as he was, of course, under the um, under the, the Mills administration. So um, it's good to see. I think there's a chance that maybe 
Uh, I, I never thought Leon was like a guy who's going to be here forever. So I think there's a chance that maybe they're kind of checking him out to see if maybe he could be the president once William and Leon decide to move on from the situation. But I agree. I don't know if it's a huge thing beyond just uh, that, that this is a guy who's been working hard for them and they wanted to kind of give him that due. Yeah. And with the, with the Utah jazz stuff, a lot of that is, tends to be who has a relationship with the other team right. executives and, and all that other stuff. So yeah, you know, it's uh, it's one of those situations where we'll see how it plays out. I think Leon's probably planning on sticking around, you know, isn't, you know, it doesn't seem to have like the day-to-day stuff that can kind of want, you know, wear you down. He, he seems to kind of be, uh, you know, up here and you guys make your decisions <laughs> and bring your reports to me. And let's, like you said, collaboratively discuss, you know, what's the best path to move forward, which tends to, you know, lead to successful organizations, you know, when there's, uh, as opposed to the, the whims of one man there's there's more of a collaborative process um you know tends to yield better results um you know based on history um so we'll see we'll, we'll see how it goes we'll see what uh, rosas does you know if he you know gets a, but uh, one thing we can expect is not to hear his, his voice too much inside uh <laughs> yeah no no press conferences no comments about uh rosas being uh a, a promoted here but it is a sad day here at uh andre blue bloods it is uh, Tommy's last day is a co-host of the podcast. We've had so many awesome moments, so many great memories. And I wanted to uh, kind of capture that with a little bit of a montage. So here you go. I am your, one of your co-hosts, EJ Stewart from WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Really excited to be starting this journey with my co-host, who is none other than Mr. Tommy Beer himself, veteran NBA writer, author of the What's on tap newsletter and host of the what's on tap podcast so tommy beer really excited to join for you to join me on this and let's get it ej let's do it my friend um yes very excited as well um plenty to talk about um happy to have you guys along for the journey um this is going to be your one-stop shop for previews and reviews and trade talk and um anything else that pops up in nick's nation um, as you Nick fans know, there's always something to talk about with this team, with this with yeah. this franchise. Jalen Brunson, the new Knicks starting point guard. Tommy, has Jalen been naughty or nice? This is an easy one, isn't it, Santa Stewart? Um, I, I think, think so. The first thing we put in there is a second round draft pick, a, a 2025 second round draft pick. We we stuffed that <laughs> in, stuffed that in the stocking. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Nick's uh, Nick fans will attest. They, I'm sure, if they uh, started a GoFundMe, he'd get plenty of contributions to get plenty of stocking stuffers. You just heard that Nick's a head coach say, "I don't care about numbers when we lose." Tom Thibodeau, New Year's resolution: no more nonsensical answers in the post game press conference. Uh, good luck with that. I'll say, uh, <laughs> that, that resolution has about as much a uh, chance of, of, of coming to fruition as my goals to go to the gym, for, you know, three days a week. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens. EJ, you don't think we'll get, uh, Leon Rose to hop on the pod? You don't think uh, guest I don't week? think, I don't think we'll be his first stop. I think Probably not. Have to, um, have to sit down with Alan Hahn before. <laughs> Shout if, out to Alan Hahn though. Yeah. Trey Young's wearing the, the blue and orange sneakers. King of Broadway. Uh, first of all, King of Broadway is a terrible name. I'm sorry. Oh, like cool. there, there are so many, and, and you know, I don't know if Adidas came up with that or he came up with that. There are so many great names he could have came up with. Like so King, that's I, corny, bro. <laughs> that's a dude that grew up in Oklahoma. No disrespect, you know, play, plays in Atlanta. That's either his idea or some, like to, to your point, some ad rep in, you know, for Adidas saying, "Hey, this would be neat if we uh, said he was like, no, like, but but yeah, like I joke that like." 
Quinn Grimes should be arrested for regicide because he killed the <laughs> king last night. He, he, he took his lunch money. You know, he, he basically made him take off his shoes. You know, run that. It, he didn't do himself any favors, and it makes zero sense. It's a, you know, it, 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 it reeked of a spoiled billionaire publicly airing grievances that, again, you all I could think of was that Jonah Hill meme where he's just, you know, where he's just going, like, <laughs> yeah. all I could think about was Dolan Lawyers just going, dude, just, you don't have to say anything, and somebody in a limo with him on the way to fight, and remember, let's stick to the talking points, talk about how well the yeah. Knicks are playing, and ticket sales yeah. are up, and, you know, but again, he just can't, he gets in front of that camera, and it, you just knew something bad was going to come. Honestly, when I heard the, in the morning that he was going to be on the show, that it didn't end up worse than it did, I think at this point <laughs> <laughs> Part of it is, you know, uh, pundits assume he's going to say something ridiculous. And, you know, basically did. Um, and of course, when things are going relatively well, and 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 over that time, you know, net fans saying, okay, Kyrie's playing so well, maybe we should bring him back. You know, for for right. maybe we should yeah. sign him to an extension. That was the talk. Um, we should we sign him to an extension before you know the end of the season or next year, maybe a three year deal, or do we do him just a two year or one year? Um, you could just see them, you know, kind of with that. With that that friend of yours that's dating that really attractive girl, but she's crazy and she's <laughs> and, she's, and she's toxic and she's gonna yeah. ruin you know the, the person's life if he continues to stay in a union with with this individual. Um, but for whatever reason, he's you know he can't divest himself from the situation, yeah. and that's what we have here. Do you like the fit of Josh Hart on this next team? Yeah, it's hard not to be a fan of Josh Hart if you if you're a fan of winning basketball, a guy that does <laughs> yeah. what to win. Um, I think it was earlier this season or maybe late last year, he had a 20 rebound game at the garden. Um, you know, it's a guy that just contributes on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, dating back to his Villanova days, a winning player, um, can score if you need it, uh, can defend if you need it, versatile, can guard the two, the three, um, and, and, and slide it kind of across the perimeter. Um, you know, he's willing to make the, the hockey assist, uh, be a connector offensively. I think it'll be a great series. I think it'll be extended series. I think those seven games. And I'm gonna pick the Knicks to beat the Cavs in Cleveland in that game. There you seven. go. Um, another another factor is you, as you know, Cavs have been very good at home, 31 and 10 at home, fifth most uh, home wins in the league. The Knicks have been very, very good on the road, uh, 24 and 17. Uh, the Bucks uh, are the only have two more wins than the Knicks. Tommy, how were the Knicks able to close out Cleveland in the fashion that they did? Oh, man, where to start? Um, you talked about Jalen Brunson. Uh, quite frankly, he was the best player in the series. Um, we talked about it often, and it's common NBA knowledge. The team with the best player often wins. That was the case in this series. Um, it's funny, before we get into all this stuff, I thought, like, of all the happy fan bases, um, Knicks and, 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 and the Heat, obviously, and, and everything going on in the NBA, like, Donovan Mitchell should be really happy that the Bucks lost yeah. last night and, and Giannis conversation. And uh, there's so yeah. much to talk about that we like that if any, if this had happened like on a Tuesday and there weren't many other storylines, like there's not going to be a lot of rehashing of the, of the trade, everybody that bashed the Knicks for not trading for Donovan Mitchell. Um, but that, that should be said. And we'll have that conversation at some point. Let's start on a positive note because this was a season in which the Knicks vastly exceeded expectations. Yeah, and even in the series they lost, they exceeded expectations. Um, even though they were probably, I don't know if they were favored or you know, right. obviously weren't favored in this game, but coming into the series probably a coin flip. Um, the play and performance of Jalen Brunson is what I think I'll take away from the season. Um, really special player, really special performance. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the Knicks' future is bright because he's on their roster. I thought that we, we had to – I know it was a little long. I wanted to make sure that we got as many big moments from the podcast as we could. There's some that didn't make it in there. I reason why I was late for you guys recording this podcast for Tommy and for or Jimmy was I was trying to throw this together as quickly as I could. Um, but, Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure and honor, as I said before. Um, I admired your work for so long. So uh, you even doing this podcast has been a treat for me and an absolutely – um it's 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 sad day but it's it's bittersweet because knowing that i was able to create this bond with you and create this friendship that lasts beyond this podcast um is something i can always take home with me so thank you for everything i when i started this show i i did not think that tommy would even do it like the fact that he even agreed or showed that maybe there was something in the stars that that knew that this thing had to happen so uh yeah i cannot thank tommy enough for um, for all of his hard work and, and just, the, again, the bond that he's been able to create, not just with me, but also our producer, James, as well. It's been an absolute amazing ride. And, Tommy, I give you the, the, the final mm -hmm. word. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, can't thank you enough for EJ for inviting me on. And, and thanks to all the listeners um, for, for tuning in and, and kind of sharing this with us and, <clears throat> and JJ as well. But yeah, Jay, like this, this has been cool, but this is just a star, like how Brunson and the Knicks are on the, the right track. Yeah. I know you are as well. So looking forward to hopping on, like I said, and, and having fun. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have you back, Tommy. You are, uh, again, uh, absolute gem. Uh, I Every time I do a show, I should say more on this podcast, but every time I do a radio show, I always say I do a podcast with one of the best NBA writers in the world, Tommy Beer. That is how I feel. And not only that, I know he's one of the best NBA writers in the world, one of the best dudes in the world. So thank you so much, Tommy Beer. Uh, thank you so much to the listeners for riding with us. Andre Blueba's not going anywhere. I, I will still be here. There will be a co-host. Um, we may have some guest co-hosts for the next few weeks, but we will have a co-host. Plenty of still uh, Nick stuff to talk about. So we will be uh, here every week still breaking down Nick stuff, as we always do. But uh, definitely want to make sure we did a proper cap off to this era of orange and blue blood. So I want to thank you guys so much for checking us out on this episode. Of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can catch this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto download feature on your streaming service. Get these episodes every time we drop. Um, also, be sure to check us out on YouTube as well, where we're on the WFAN uh, channel. And also be sure to uh, uh, rate and review the podcast as well uh, and follow us on social media. Tommy, let people know where they can find you. Let people know where they can find your work moving forward. Said, so you know, I want this community to continue to follow your work. If they followed me and then they found you or whatever, I want to make sure that we're staying uh, committed and we're staying uh, loyal to our guy. We're not going to be a Dame Lillard and have no <laughs> communication for the next year or whatever. So let people know where they can find you. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, at Tommy Beer on Twitter, the What's on Tap newsletter. Um, and again, yeah, so thankful for so much. And uh, friendship is uh, right at the top of that list. 100%. And trust me, we will be having Tommy Beer because I need to get his thoughts on the next season, preseason, uh, playoff, all that stuff. So Tommy will be back, but it just won't be on the, the regular basis as he always do. Make sure you follow that What's on Tap uh, newsletter. Of course, follow me on the regular uh, places per usual. EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter. Actually, EJ on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>